listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody, to the Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Thanks for taking us along with you, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. We've discussed it only briefly over the last week or two on previous programs, but on today's program, we're going to dedicate a little bit of of time to what's going on in Major League Baseball. So tell us, Zach, what's going on in Major League Baseball? Okay, so shortly after the World Series, uh, Mike Fiers, who was a pitcher for the A's, but in 2017 was a pitcher for the Astros, revealed to a couple writers for The Athletic, including Ken Rosenthal, who most of you are aware of, that when he was on the Astros in 2017, they were using uh, the instant replay monitor, which is just down the hall from the dugout, to steal signs in real time and then bang on a trash can to alert the batter what pitch was coming. Major League Baseball investigated it. They found out that it was true that at least in 2017, the Astros were using video to cheat. And that had just been made expressly against the rules and punishable by Major League Baseball. They later found out that Alex Cora, who was the bench coach on that team, then became the manager of the Red Sox the next year, was a part of it, and that he also did it with the Red Sox. So his involvement with the Red Sox cheating is currently under investigation. There will, we believe, more punishment coming down the road for them. Since then, there have been accusations that the Astros have continued to cheat in different ways, accusations that as recently as last year, they were using electronic buzzers under their uniforms. That has not been verified. Baseball says they didn't find any evidence of that. A.J. Hinch, the manager of the Astros, and GM Jeff Lunau have both been implicated uh, and summarily given one-year suspensions by the league and fired by their teams. Alex Cora is now manager of the Red, or has been fired as manager of the Red Sox. you got to believe there's more punishment coming for him. There has been an article from as far back as 2016 accusing uh, where a Rangers pitcher accused the Astros of whistling to cheat signs. So there definitely seems to be a longstanding culture there. But what we want to talk about is the fallout from this cheating scandal that mostly revolves around the 2017 Astros. If you're asking me, baseball's in a tough spot. They want to put an end to the cheating. But at the same time, I'm sure they want to protect the reputation of the game as much as they can. I, I have little doubt. It would seem to me. You mean the Red Astros and the Red Sox are the only two teams doing it? A league which, if somebody's successful with something, somebody else is going to be doing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a weak argument. You and I have talked about this ad nauseum, that it's a weak argument to just say, well, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does. It's like the steroid thing. We could say, oh, everybody was doing it. Everybody wasn't doing it. Yeah. But we don't know who is and who was. So- baseball's in this tough spot where they want to protect their reputation, but they have to put an end to the cheating and everybody's pointing at everybody. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing (laughs) at each other. Yeah. And it could be that Rob Manfred is walking a fine line between disciplining the most obvious offenders while at the same time protecting others for fear that this turns into something like that steroid scandal. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows who really did what. And so everything and everybody is questioned. And for me, one of the big problems I have is that I've yet to hear anybody on the Astros or the Red Sox apologize. 
with the exception of Carlos Beltran, who temporarily was then with the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, he had left the Astros. He was heavily named in this investigation. Yeah. He's the only one I've heard apologize. Nobody's apologized. You, you said something off the air the other day after the show, which I thought was profound. You mentioned the difference between someone saying they made a mistake and saying what they did was wrong. This was no mistake. Mm-hmm. This was intentional. These folks set out to steal signs. Baseball is investigating. I said the Astros are guilty. And from what everybody is assuming, they're going to say the Red Sox are guilty too. Mm-hmm. That seems to be where this is going. In fairness, they haven't said it yet. So they've said you're guilty and there's no apology. I'm going to play this clip from uh, Alex Bregman. Alex, how do you feel about that there are those who want to say this? This tanks or damages what you guys did in 2017. Like I said, the commissioner made his report. Um, made his decision, the Astros made their decision, and um, no further comment on it. That's weak. Baseball made its decision, the Astros made their decision. And he goes on, and every question, he he goes through his same prepared statement again. And then one guy asks him, is it weird going into spring training without a manager? And he perks up. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for spring training. Spring training is going to be great. We're going to go do our jobs. We're all the same group of guys. But for every other question about the cheating scandal, he's like, yeah, the league did what they did. The Astros did what they did, and that's all I have to say about it. You know, like he's just—he's not going to talk about it at all. Does not appear to be sorry at all. The same thing with Jose Altuve. There is, you know, a lot of difficulties in, in in life. You know, so you, like I said, you—we have to go through. We have to, you know, believe me. In the end of the year, everything will be fine. We're going to be in the World Series again. Yeah, we're going to be in the World Series again. Everything's going to be fine. It seems as though many involved aren't even convinced they've done anything wrong. Yeah. Manfred set up such a culture of thinking by not responding sooner, by not responding stronger. Even J.D. Martinez of the Red Sox said he believes baseball's investigation will ultimately show that his team did nothing wrong. Alex Cora is already, Mm -hmm. however you want to put it, fired, went their separate ways, stepped down, whatever. Reporters are saying he's going to get harder, hit harder than A.J. Hinch did, who got a one-year suspension. Yeah, he probably should. Okay, so the Red Sox did something here. J.D. Martin, now maybe he doesn't know about it. His quote was, I'm excited for the investigation to get over with just so they can see there was nothing going on here. And he was asked in a follow-up question if he really believed the investigation would reveal no wrongdoing, to which he doubled down and said, I believe that. Yeah, so either he's lying, has no idea what's going on, or the Red Sox were innocent. And that's what we're all waiting to find out. Mm -hmm. But no apologies from anybody. No admissions of guilt from anybody. Yeah, and from the Astros, it's been... Uh, it almost has that vibe of what the Patriots do every year when people say, is this the end of the Patriots? And the Patriots have that us against the world. You know, we're still here. We're going to band together. We're going to be the underdog somehow. And there was a clip from earlier in that conversation with Jose Altuve where he says, you know, yeah, it's tough. We're going to stick together and have each other's backs. We're going to hold our heads up. We're going to overcome this. And I just was almost incredulous listening to it. And I was like, what is there to overcome? You're not being persecuted. You didn't lose your job. You are the guys that actively cheated, and you're letting Luna and Hinch take the fall. 
they didn't have the video camera. They didn't bang on the trash can. They didn't go up to the plate with knowledge of what was coming. You guys did. You're not being persecuted. You don't have to overcome anything. What you do need to do is hang your heads and apologize for what you did. And it doesn't look like we're going to get any of that. Yeah, it just seems like baseball allowed this to happen. And now that's what's got them in this tough spot. You needed to act on it. You needed to do something. Maybe this is the same thing that happened with the steroid era where Mm -hmm. you didn't do anything about it. Attendance was great. Records were being set and you just sort of enjoyed the ride that you were on. And then then it blew up and all of a sudden you're having to reprimand people and players who up until then you were patting on the back and turning a blind eye to. Yeah, it does feel the same to me. And I mean, it was a different time, different commissioner, but the process was the same, right? Selig had to have known that steroids were running rampant. There were guys hitting home runs that had never hit home runs before. You think of that Brady Anderson season where he hit 51 homers and he'd never hit, I don't even think he'd ever hit 20 before. You know, Mark McGuire had forearms the size of my head. You know, home runs were being hit at a record pace. And they sat on it because it was selling out stadiums, right? Until there was a public outcry about cheating and about records being tainted. And then suddenly they had to come down hard on it. And the same thing's happening here. We've been told that people and teams were going to the league for years about what the Astros were doing and probably about what other teams were doing as well. The league didn't bother with it until Mike Fires came out and went on the record and put his name on it and they couldn't sit on it any longer. And that seems to be the pattern with them, unfortunately. You can't blame completely a player who, why are you mad at me? when you've been letting me do this for however long, and now you're going to come to me and say, you know what you're doing is wrong, but somebody's letting you do it, so is it then really wrong? Right. If your employer is letting you do it. Yeah, it is. And, you know, in a way, I feel bad for A.J. Hinch because from what we— Reputed to be a good guy. Yeah, from what we understand, he was not in favor of it, and he didn't like the cheating, but he just failed to stop it. And supposedly he smashed the replay monitor on two different occasions that they were using to cheat. And that was supposed to be his statement to, hey, I don't want you to do this. But the players kept doing it. And now he deserves his suspension and his firing because, look, you're the manager of the team. It's your job to instill the culture and your job to keep guys in line. And you should have told him not to do it. And you didn't. But in a way, I mean, this guy's out of baseball for at least a year. Who knows if he'll get another job in the sport? I think he will. But... I mean, this guy was a sacrificial lamb in in many respects. When sin is allowed to fester, bad things happen. When someone sins against you, you shouldn't pretend that nothing has happened. You need to rebuke that person, but you need to do it with plenty of love and with plenty of grace. Most people, though, they prefer to avoid such situations, and so the sin continues because it may be that the offending person doesn't even know they've done anything wrong. And then you actually become the bad guy because they perceive your attitude toward them has changed. Luke chapter 17, verse 3 says, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. That's certainly not suggesting that we need to keep a record of every little thing, that every time someone bumps up against us in some small way or another. After all, long suffering or patience is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians 4, verses 2 and 3 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
But when someone sins against us in a substantial way, we need to speak the truth in love. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4.15. Now, let's be clear. Speaking the truth in love is not gossiping or complaining to other people about how you were wronged. You need to go to the person who hurt you. And if the person repents, we're to forgive them, plain and simple. I read to you Luke 17, verse 3. Here's verse 4. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times, saying, I repent, forgive him. It's true that in most instances, real forgiveness isn't going to happen apart from repentance. But that part really isn't up to us. God doesn't give us the right to evaluate the authenticity of someone else's repentance. He just tells us to forgive. If someone continues to sin against you, it makes it difficult to forgive them because it's only natural to question their sincerity, and yet Jesus says to forgive them anyway. Maybe in those situations, it's just best to make some life changes so that you can avoid giving someone repeated opportunities to sin against you. Carlos Beltran, who has a reputation for being one of the real classy guys in baseball, he released a written statement which included both accountability and an apology. Before we go to break, let me read what Beltran had to say. Over my 20 years in the game, I've always taken pride in being a leader and doing things the right way, and in this situation, I failed. As a veteran player on the team, I should have recognized the severity of the issue and truly regret the actions that were taken. I am a man of faith and integrity, and what took place did not demonstrate those characteristics that are so very important to me and my family. I am very sorry. It's not who I am as a father, a husband, a teammate, and as an educator. The Mets organization and I mutually agreed to part ways moving forward for the greater good with no further distractions. I hope that at some point in time, I'll have the opportunity to return to this game that I love so much. A lot of respect for a guy like that. We're going to step aside, but come on back, won't you? I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Whoa. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing! Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
Welcome back into the program, btgprogram.com or at BTG Program Sports Talk, coming to you from a faith-based point of view. We were talking in the last segment about the problem Major League Baseball has with this whole sign-stealing thing. And I suppose we should specify we're talking about advanced means of sign-stealing. Yeah. Using electronic devices, these such a things, as opposed to just deciphering them on your own. Look, if you're good enough to decipher it on your own with your own eyes, your own mind, hey, more power to you. The other guy should be using better signs. But elaborate schemes involving cameras, using video monitors, cell phone apps, and even getting employees involved in communicating to the batter what pitch is coming needs to be against the rules, right? Yeah. Well, we're what we're talking about here are specifically the things that are against the rules, the things that people got suspended and fired for. If you're just looking at the third base coach or looking at the catcher, figuring out the signs, you're a runner on second, and whenever you pick your nose, that means it's a fastball. That's fine. But people say, well, sign stealing is part of the game. What's the big deal? Sign stealing is part of the game. Using a camera and a replay monitor is not, and that's the difference that we're making here. But does it have to be that it's not part of the game? What I mean by that is, where do you draw the line? I mean, you mentioned to me this app that was developed on a, on for a cell phone that was used to identify an algorithm for what was going on. And by entering the information, you pretty well had by the end of the first inning what the signs were. Yeah. And a lot of people are using this app. You mentioned to me that it was as low as Little League using this app. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called, but there is a smartphone app that was developed, I believe, by a Little League coach. It developed for Little League teams where you look at the sequence of signs that a catcher puts down. Because usually it's multiple signs, right? It'd be like one finger, three fingers, two fingers, or whatever. You put that sequence into the app, and then you put in what the pitch was after it's thrown. And within a few pitches, the app gives you a sequence of what the signs mean, which which of the three to look at, and then what it means. So within this, uh, the amount of a few pitches, you know what the signs are. And I, if I can infer correctly, you're saying, should all teams be allowed to use this sort of thing? Well, at, at what point do you, is that okay, but cameras are not? Or where are we going to draw the line? And I say that just to talk it through for a few minutes. This is a new age, right? I've heard from a number of people who aren't real sure why or what the Astros being accused of. Why is this even a problem? Mm -hmm. The technology is available, so why not use it? Look, I'm old school. You know that. I'm never actually really going to buy into this. But what we want is a level playing field. That's really what we want. That's what's so offensive about the Astros doing something that other teams were not, if indeed they were not. That's what's so offensive about one person doing steroids that somebody else isn't. We want a level playing field. Now, steroids is a bad example because now we're talking about people's health. But if you have the means, and every team has their regional television network, look, you've got the video available, so why not use it? And if everybody is using it, is this really such a problem? And I would say that it is. I I, I think it's a problem. I it would be much easier and there would be much less policing needed on uh, or by Major League Baseball if you just say, do what you're going to do and it's on the teams to come up with better signs. That would be easier and it would, I guess, in a way, fix the problem because you wouldn't be prosecuting anything. But to me, if you're going to steal a sign, it has to be done by a person all completely on their own. You have to do all the calculating yourself to use a cell phone app, to use a camera 
to make it almost instantaneous. I just have a problem with that. And I think the fact that you have access to the to the technology doesn't make it right to use it in that way. Well, I, I agree with you, but I'm trying to get at why. I, I agree with you because I'm a baseball purist. It's a different era. Should the game adapt? Should it move forward with time? If everybody's on the same playing field and everybody has the same access, is this really such a problem to just say, fine, now pitchers are never going to dig it. Mm-hmm. There's still some responsibility. Batter still got to hit the ball. Right. Still got to put bat on the ball. So while every hitter wants to know what pitch is coming, they still got to hit the ball. And it doesn't always benefit you. Everybody knew what Mariano Rivera was going to throw. Yeah. They still couldn't hit it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now that he's the best that's ever been. So even if the batter knows what's coming, I'm not talking about devices, buzzers, these types of things. Something that attaches to your body would be beyond the line for me. But if somebody's just yelling something from the dugout, well, that's the access to your team. I, I'm wondering if, man, why do we care this much? It's signs. They have things in football where they're sending these the plays in to the, to the quarterback's helmet. Mm-hmm. Is there really that much difference? That's what I would say is the direction that baseball needs to go, by the way, is if you're going to have this much of a fuss over people stealing signs and you're going to have people finding technological ways to steal the signs, just let the catcher call the pitch in like they do in football and solve the problem that way. But, you know, I don't know if we'll see that. But I think some of the problem that I have with it is that baseball is a game that, for right or wrong, really celebrates the human element, right? Despite the fact that it's 2020, we still want to have you know, four umpires standing out on the field calling things with the naked eye. We still don't have a robot strike zone. We have a guy standing behind the plate calling it as best he sees it. Baseball is all about that human element and has been and is really resistant to change. And I think that allowing teams to use video replay to steal signs like this really goes against that human element. Our games change. Outside influences, they have an effect on sports, as does advancements in technology and other things. As a result, the games we love, well, they adapt to the times. They make changes, some major, some subtle, in an attempt to remain relevant. There are rules which at times may seem outdated, leave many wondering why we even have them anymore. It usually ends up in some debate between older generations who don't want things to change and younger who want to put their own stamp on the game. It makes it hard to know what's the best thing to do. Take the DH rule, for example. We have two different rules within the same league. How does that make sense? Here's the thing. No matter the time, no matter the circumstances, God never changes. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And there's comfort in that. There's consistency. And and with it, there's never a need to wonder if what's right to you should also be right for me. It's right if God says it's right. And it's wrong if God says it's wrong. That said, there's plenty of things for which God doesn't give us clear indication, instead leaving it up to each individual to determine what's right for them. Should you get a tattoo? Should you eat meat? And look, I have no problem with eating meat. I enjoy a nice, big, juicy steak. But if you don't, that's okay. And in fact, if you prefer to not eat meat, it's my responsibility to not do anything which offends you in your decision. Of course, you have no right to demand on me what I should eat in my home when you're not there. But when you are, I'll be sure to make sure that I don't give you a reason to struggle with your convictions. 
Romans chapter 14, verse 13 says, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in another brother's way. There are many things which we have freedom to make determinations. And just like sports, it it changes in culture. It changes with advancements in technologies. These things may cause us to redefine our opinions. But sin is sin, and it is never right to do wrong. Should you steal from your employer? Should you cheat on your taxes? Should you sleep with your neighbor's wife? God has clearly said these things are wrong, and any variation on these issues, any discussion or debate, is nothing more than trying to justify what a sinful heart may want to do. God's attitude towards sin never changes. His holiness commands judgment upon sin, and our sin condemns each one of us and separates us from God and His holiness. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Romans 3.10 says it another way. It says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. None of us are righteous, and that will never change apart from God. We all need God to forgive us of our sins in order to be in a right standing with Him. Another thing about God that does not change is that when we confess our sins and ask Him to forgive us, he will absolutely forgive us. First John 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Another thing that does not change is God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And if you don't have one already, you can have a relationship with God starting today if you call on him. Romans 10.13 says, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus Christ died on the cross, laying down his perfect, sinless life in order to pay the penalty of your sins and mine. And when you ask God to forgive you and you're willing to repent from sin, he extends his amazing, unending grace and accepts Jesus' righteousness instead of your sinfulness. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you want to be forgiven of your sins and spend eternity in heaven, then admit your sin to God and ask him to forgive you. Pray to God and tell him that you believe he died on the cross for you, was buried, and rose again. And ask God to forgive you and ask him to help you repenting, turning away, and staying away from sin. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. If there's some way we can help, something we can pray about for you, please let us know. You can reach out to our website, btgprogram.com. That's the end of our show. Thanks so much for being with us. The Beyond the Game program is mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to all of you who have given of your time and treasures to bring the good news of the Bible to sports fans all around the world through Sports Talk Radio. We're asking that you would indeed keep us in your prayers. And then if God lays it on your heart to make a financial commitment to this ministry, whether it be a one-time gift or a recurring amount, please visit our website. Once again, it's btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again real soon. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Bye.